I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Randy Singer. He's a veterinarian and professor of epidemiology at the University of Minnesota. Always great to see you, Randy. Nice to see you, too. We're at the 2018 American Association of Avian Pathologists meeting. I know you gave a big uh, presentation to turkey producers um, the other day. Uh, what, do you, what are we learning about antibiotic usage in the, in the poultry industry? Well, there's a, a few changes, major changes happening with antibiotic use in general in animal agriculture, but in particular within the poultry industry. Um, one major change is the, the amount of birds being raised, no antibiotics ever, or as we like to call it, raised without antibiotics, RWA. So that in itself is a major shift. Uh, the companies have to figure out how to raise the animals without having the uh, the use of an antibiotic for preventing disease and that has raised challenges because of sometimes the lack of an effective prevention method whether it be vaccine a management strategy so the companies are, are challenged right now of how to maintain animal health and welfare with the out the use of antibiotics and uh, you know what drove this this discussion in the first place was consumers and the medical community expressing concerns about antibiotic resistance and the potential of transfer of resistance from animals to humans. And, and that's certainly an important subject, but a lot of this seems to be more marketing driven. That's my impression anyway. Well, antibiotic resistance is not an issue that's market driven. Antibiotic resistance really is a global problem that affects people, animals, the environment. And it's a, an issue that requires all of us to take action. What can we do on the animal side? Well, the most obvious target is ensuring that the ways in which we use antibiotics are appropriate, that, that we follow responsible use guidelines, good stewardship. Um, but the idea that simply by eliminating the ways in which we use antibiotics will solve this AMR, antimicrobial resistance problem globally, I think that is wishful thinking. We have many different approaches that must be taken if we're to tackle this. The market-driven piece comes in of why are some of these companies shifting to no antibiotics ever production. Well, we recently conducted a survey across a variety of commodity groups about why are producers and veterinarians seeing a movement towards NAE. And by far, for the respondents in the survey who, who have experience with NAE production, the number one reason it's market driven. The customers are asking for NAE meat. That doesn't mean that the consumers are demanding it. It means that the customers of these companies are asking for it. And, uh, and that does raise some concerns if it's a market driven reason for changing how we use a health tool in our arsenal. Yeah, and we've allowed it to become a, a black and white issue. And it seems like discussions about responsible antibiotic use have evolved into not using antibiotics at all. Right, that is an unfortunate step we have made here in the United States. I don't think that is necessarily the case globally. If we look at Europe, for example, in organic production, they can use an antibiotic to treat sick animals. I mean, that is part of the veterinarian's oath. For some reason here in the United States, if you raise animals organic, you can't use an antibiotic. And I don't really understand why we would make that statement and why we would want to put these animals at risk and sacrifice animal health and welfare. So what we really need is to find that balance where the entire system of animal production from, let's say, from hatch 
to that animal going to slaughter, that the system is raising animals responsibly, it's using antibiotics responsibly, it's incorporating disease prevention techniques that are non-antibiotic whenever possible, and using the antibiotics where appropriate and approved by the FDA. We really need that full systems approach, and that doesn't mean no antibiotics ever. It means um, a more responsible approach. Now, in the fall of 2018, you'll be coming out with a five-year report really taking a look at antibiotic usage in the poultry industry. Uh, I know you don't want to reveal too much ahead of time, but what do you anticipate seeing? Well, right, so for several years now, I've been working with the poultry industry to collect data about how they actually use antibiotics on the farm, the volumes that they're using of the different drugs, but for what purpose and in what manner. You know, typically the only data we have in the United States are the amount of drug that are sold by the drug companies. And that really isn't very good data for understanding why we use antibiotics. So this survey has been with the poultry industry, the turkey, the broiler, and the layer industries. It's been going on for several years because it's a challenge to get these data and get the confidence of the companies to provide me with that data. What we will release probably late this year to early 2019 is an aggregated analysis of the changes in antibiotic usage patterns over time. And what we're seeing so far, you know, to date I have probably about 60% of annual production in broiler and in turkey represented in the data set. And we do see some pretty massive reductions in usage. Now some of that is because of the changes that FDA made. You know, they need to be commended, FDA, for that change that, it, that took place in January 2017, putting the antibiotics feed under directive. Yeah. Right, but it puts the antibiotics under veterinary oversight. And that is something that probably should have happened a long time ago. That's a huge shift. And so what you're going to see in the data will be these reductions, and also in part because of the amount of NAE production that's happening. I mean, we are estimating that for broiler, it's a, maybe approaching 50% of production right now is no antibiotics ever. In Turkey, maybe 5 to 10%. So that change in itself will drive a reduction in overall usage. But what we need to really put is then into context, those reductions have consequences. So how are we also at the same time exploring what the impact on health and welfare has been over that time? Are we continuing to ensure animal health and welfare as we are reducing our usage and more importantly, using the antibiotics more responsibly? You know, and one casualty of this whole discussion has been ionophores, which are classified as an antibiotic even though they're used for managing a parasite, coccidia. Uh, is there any way that we can kind of step back and, and take a second look at, at ionophores because it seems like they're being cast, as, cast aside because they are antibiotics, yet they're not used in human medicine. They're not, and they don't as, at least predominantly have an antibacterial effect. And that is perhaps an unfortunate classification that FDA made. I think we might be the only country that listed the ionophores as antibiotics. It is unfortunate to lose that in the arsenal of tools we have to prevent perhaps the most important disease in poultry, at least the, one of the initiators of the most important problem, necrotic enteritis. Um, I, don't, I don't work with FDA regulatory in that way. I also am not with Alanco, so I don't know what the process would be about getting it reclassified. Um, I, I would imagine it's not easy, but that's why, again, simply going no antibiotics ever doesn't necessarily put animal health at the forefront. We really should be thinking about how to keep these animals healthy. What are the major disease challenges and the tools we have? If the onophores are the best tool for preventing this disease, 
And, and because of that, we would need less antibiotic to treat the sick animals later. It would seem to make sense that that's part of then a program of responsible antibiotic use. It becomes a welfare issue too, doesn't it? It does. And you did a survey earlier this year. You touched on it briefly, uh, but I'd like to get into more details about that. That wasn't just poultry. You looked at other species, uh, and I think there were about 600 respondents. Could you walk us through that survey, and and what did you learn about the industry attitudes toward this? Sure. I mean, what we had always heard anecdotally was that um, there was a shift towards no antibiotics ever production across the commodities, predominantly in broiler production. And, but there really was no good, there were, there were no good data about why these companies were making the shift and what their experience has been as a result of that shift. So we did this survey across broiler, turkey, beef, dairy, and swine to try to understand the reasoning behind switching to NAE. The survey was designed, though, to capture both those who have experience with NA production and those who do not. And so we were able to do some comparisons that way. You know, the number one reason that the individuals across all commodities who have experience with NAE gave for making that switch was customer-driven, market access. And so it's not about animal health. It's not about reducing antimicrobial resistance. Their response was mainly related to economics. Why those who do not do NAE production have not made the shift, you know, so that why are they continuing to use antibiotics in production? Their response was concerns about animal health and welfare. And so as the questions developed through the survey, again, we got into some of those details and what you see across every group, veterinarians, producers, across all five commodity groups, those with NAE and those without any experience. What are your perceptions and what are your experiences? NAE production can lead to have negative impacts on animal health and welfare. And that is a concern because then we followed it up with, well, what are your disease challenges and what interventions do you have for controlling those diseases that are effective? And less than half in the broiler industry said that there were effective interventions against their most important diseases, which means that now you're gonna need an antibiotic to treat the ill animals. So the survey really was designed to get these ideas about what their experiences are or what their perceptions are. You know, there was another interesting finding in the survey. We asked the question about your perception of the impact of NAE production on animal health and welfare. And across all commodities, across all respondents, NAE or no NAE experience, they thought predominantly that NAE production either negatively impacts or significantly negatively impacts animal health and welfare. But when they were asked, what's the perception of your customer about NAE production on animal health and welfare? The majority of respondents across all of the commodities said that the perception of the customer is that NAE production significantly improves animal health and welfare. So there is a real disconnect here in what's really happening as we shift the ways in which we raise animals. Now, that's the opinion of the respondent about the customer's belief. What we really should do is follow up with the customers now. We're talking the retailers, the restaurants, the food service. Why are you sourcing NAE meats and what is your interpretation of those impacts of animal, on animal health and welfare and see if the veterinarian and producer perceptions are, are actually accurate. 
Well, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is you are a veterinarian in addition to being a, an epidemiologist, um, but you know you, you took an oath, and this creates kind of a, an ethical or, or a moral conflict for veterinarians at times, I would think. Well, it does, but the in a way, on the topic of antimicrobial resistance, the veterinarian's oath itself is confounded. It's conf I got it, the conflict between we're trying to balance animal health and public health. Well, AMR is a public health issue. And if reducing that risk to human health is through reducing the need for antibiotics in animals, okay, well, the veterinarian's, veterinarian's oath would say I need to do that. But at the same time, if I'm sacrificing animal health by eliminating the antibiotics, yeah, now there's a conflict. And I don't think we've really resolved how to do best to both of those aspects of the veterinarian's oath, animal health and public health, when it comes to antibiotics. And to be clear, I, I've talked to several veterinarians and other people in this industry who are involved with NAE production. And you know, they, they always have, they have an escape hatch because if, if they have to treat right. the, the birds, they'll divert them to another area of production. And we know that these folks involved in these decisions have you know, high standards of ethics and, and they, they wanna do the right thing for the birds. So I'm not suggesting that's, that's the case, or not the case at all. But um, it, it does, it, when you have a situation where these birds are gonna get a premium, because they're going to be marketed as no antibiotics ever, I mean, that's got to create some internal pressure. You would think, and we did ask a question like that about the incentives that a company would have to, to maintaining NAE production, maintaining a label over animal health and welfare. And there were many respondents that said that they at times have had to maintain label priority over animal health and welfare. And so. But, you know, the, my bigger concern is we've created a two-tier system then. Yeah. We've created the NAE line, and then we've got this other line, the second tier, which are those animals that have been treated. What we would rather see is a system be certified as a responsible antibiotic use, high level of animal health and welfare, and so that you know whatever is labeled in that package, having received antibiotic or not, has been raised in a responsible manner, rather than the meat inside this package received antibiotics or not. That I don't think is the best approach. What I would prefer to see is a certification of your growing system that you are raising animals responsibly and the consumer then can trust that the meat that's in this package has been raised responsibly. And I couldn't agree with you more, but has that horse already left the barn? We're hoping not. I know there are some discussions about how to create a new label that's not a yes or a no label, but it's more about a systems approach to your production. And you know, we'll see. I, I, I feel it is a move we need to, to try. Um, I would say that in broiler production, sure, with almost half of production now being NAE, maybe that's a difficult um, scenario to, to change. But for the other commodities where they're just now investigating how to do this, maybe a label like this would make sense. Okay, well, we'll have to keep a close eye on it, and I appreciate your visit. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity. We've been talking to Randy Singer. He is a veterinarian and professor of epidemiology at the University of Minnesota. Thanks again, Randy. Thank you very much.